because only when you know your audience can you make the right content. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Amit Raj. Amit heard his friend and colleague Deepak Shukla on show number 95 and got in touch to see if he could join us too. He talks about outreach and networking on the show and did a good job of demonstrating that to us. Amit runs Amit's Digital Marketing, an SEO agency that specialises in link building and digital PR. They work with a range of clients from across the globe. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Amit Raj of Amit Digital Marketing. Welcome, Amit. Thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me on the show. Lovely. And I've just explained I'm dog sitting at the moment with a dog that I don't really know very well. And he's <laughs> overly friendly. He's on my lap and he keeps licking the laptop. So I'm not quite sure how it's all going to go, but we'll <laughs> see. I'm sure, sure we'll get there. <laughs> this is all bit, that bit of living more, you know, getting to do the things that we want exactly. to do. I'm staying in a lovely cottage in Derbyshire and uh, part of my parents is to look after the dog. <laughs> Lovely. So it's about who you are, what you do and where you do it. Yeah, so um, uh, as you said, uh, I run a company called Amit Digital Marketing. Um, obviously, it's myself and a small remote team. So I have a small team that help me and we specialise in SEO, but more specifically, we 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 deal with link building for uh, clients and work with clients across many industries, and they're all from you know different countries. So we work with we've worked with businesses in the UK, the US, Australia, you know India. So we we've worked with um, you know a whole range, but all specifically on link building. Um, which is, uh, I could do, let's say, uh, it's like the more creative part of ACO. Right. Okay. And you're based in Glasgow. We've established. Do you do you work That's, for them? Uh, well, I actually have like a small office. Um, it's a co-working space. Um, so I have like an individual office, but you know, I, I do. I kind of go between there and home. Um, yeah. So, but really, really, it could be I could just do it at home or do it from you know cafes and stuff. But I kind of I like to have a base as well, just to yeah. uh, keep the house less cluttered as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, good point. <laughs> Lovely. So, did you get into doing this? You you fall into the category of lots of my podcast guests in that um, you probably didn't grow up wanting to be a link builder. So, so how did this all come about for you? Yeah, it's strange. So um, originally, I mean, I, I wasn't even in a technical um, uh, job or role. So I, I was originally qualified as a pharmacist. So I used to work as a pharmacist and that was back in 
2008 when I qualified. Uh, I did that for quite a few years, but at the same time, I was delving in and out of internet marketing and I was teaching myself things. I was building my own sites. I found I was really good at it. And then, um, you know, it was a it was a long process, but I, I kind of went um, all in with SEO and I wanted to learn more about SEO since, you know, 2013, 2014. Uh, and that's when, uh, around 2015 is when I took the agency um, a bit more seriously and I've really been trying to build it up ever since then. But, uh, you know, I was originally a science background, you know, doing pharmacy, you know, I've worked in... Uh, in the kind of uh, the more industry side of things. I've worked in the community. I've done a, some stints in the NHS, you know, <laughs> so I've done all that. But uh, uh, my route to ACO was very, um, yeah, it wasn't the conventional route. Um, <laughs> no, it sounds really, really interesting. Um, and so what, what do you find interesting about it? Why, I mean, I suppose some of it is the scientific um, or the sort of uh, mathematical nature of it, given what you've done in the past. Uh, but, it, you know, it is quite different to what you were intending to do. So what what attracted you to the particular industry? Yeah, so, I mean, my decision to do pharmacy really was more of a... I mean, there was a few reasons for it, but, it, you know, eventually it became... I kind of realised maybe it wasn't the right thing to do going for pharmacy at the time, even though it took me a while to realise that. So I went into ACO because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the kind of just getting a kick out of seeing what I've created, you know, bring in traffic and bring in, you know, customers or or sales or whatever it is I'm trying to do or, you know, affiliate sales and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, well, I'm really good at this. So why don't I kind of scale it up but do it for clients? Um, because I didn't really have a, a conventional business that I could try on. I, I started to do some work for, for other people and, you know, uh, I kind of took it from there. Uh, I, there is the kind of, there's a mathematical nature of it and there's the, the, the very technical nature of ACO, but I think what a lot of people forget is, and this is the part of ACO that a lot of people don't talk about, which is link building. And there, there are people, you know, obviously there are people talking about link building, but they focus on the technical part of it, of getting links from other websites. But what they don't talk about is the creativity required to get those links. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, trying to describe what link building is to other people. It's kind of like you're doing business development or it's kind of like PR in the sense that sometimes getting links from other people is not as simple as, you know, you can't just go and paste it into somebody's website or, you know, it's it's, a, it's, very, it's very much a creative process. It's, you know, talking to the right people. It's having the right angles. And, and I think that appealed to me. I think it was, okay, it had the technical part of it, but it was the creative part and it was the how the two are intertwined. Really, yeah. folk, uh, really... Um, I felt like it suited me and it was yeah. probably you know it's a bit of a cliche like oh it was meant to be but I felt it was it was more in line with what I wanted it was um it was um kind of matched my skill set even though I didn't realize it previously uh, as mm-hmm. I got into it I realized actually I'm bit better at this than other things mm-hmm. so from what you've told me so far I presume you're not one of the spammy link builders you're a professional networking one <laughs> 
So, exactly, because there's a lot of link builders. Uh, as you said, there's the there's the spammy ones. It's the ones getting the, you know, using software to build them, or yeah. these are the techniques that we know are technically it's link building, but it's not really, you know, it's not really what I think um, search engines like Google intended. I don't think they intended for people to do to do things like that. I think it was, you know, it's the way that link building. I kind of follow like a philosophy of link building that was around um, in the 90s. Um, again, one of these things nobody talks about, but it's it was um, there's a guy called Eric Ward who he passed away some time ago, but he had an approach to link building that was around and people were doing it before Google had even been created. So it's interesting because people focus so much on search engines, which Yes, I mean, search engines like Google are very, it's very important in terms of bringing in traffic, but they, f- they kind of forget about, um, it's not about gaming the search engine, right. it's not about, you know, trying to trick it into give you traffic, it's, you have to work with it and do what they're, basically what they're looking for, and when you do that right, that's when you really do bring in a lot of traffic, and, yeah. you know, you, you're doing things the right way, so to speak. Lovely. So let's let's talk more about what it actually is then, because as you say, it's been around forever, and it's something that um, I think got sort of a lot of um, uh, sort of PR, if you like, sort of ten years ago, five ten years ago, when it was first um, really sort of popular, and people, you know, I, I used to teach online marketing back then and we used to talk about it, and people didn't know what it was, and they used to be quite interested, and they'd go out and um you know do stuff with it and and then so sort of social media came along and there was the whole linking thing from that but it was sort of talked about in a different way around the i can't even think what the technical term was the um sort of the network that you were creating by having sort of links coming from everywhere exactly yeah yeah but then it was sort of it, it sort of went a bit quiet with all the different um sort of black and white google updates and so on i think people got a bit cynical about it and thinking that you know it wasn't so important um but clearly you know you make a business out of of, of it so it, it must still be really important tell us more about sort of the development of it why you should do it what it looks like all that sort of thing yeah so um you know as you said uh, with seo i think there's a lot of um there's kind of like a bad side of it there's a, or not really a bad side it's like there's um there's the bits that people don't see or don't understand and I think people misconstrue what it's actually about and I think that's why there's obviously there's a lot of people doing SEO um doing it what you you know I think people split it into two kind of camps they say black black hat SEO and white hat SEO yes black hat SEO essentially is just people doing it they're trying to trick search engines into giving them traffic so it's like uh, making you know making Google put them at the top for a term um, even though the page is like just a load of rubbish and it's not going to be useful to every, to anyone when it just has the right keywords on it you know there's stuff like this so um, and I think people see that and it's it's actually quite and stuff like that actually doesn't work as as much as it used to I mean it used to work probably 10 years ago but stuff doing it the the black hat way, the the way of you know the tricking the search engines into giving you traffic, it's very difficult to do, and I think it's now becoming very apparent with all the updates 
with all these algorithm updates and with Google figuring out what all these tricks people are using, that's why they're doing these algorithm updates. That's why they're, and if you think about it, Google's like a billion dollar company. So, um, so their algorithm is becoming more, it's becoming more switched on. It's, it's basically like a, an artificial intelligence. So they can, they can sense when somebody's trying to trick the search engine. So they're, they're not stupid, but I think, um, people have kind of um, they've 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 not realised that that they probably think you know I think the term that gets banded about is SEO is dead. I think people, everyone says SEO is dead yeah. through social media, but they don't realise is it's the it's these these other techniques don't work. But it's almost like you have to go back to what people were doing, you know, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Funnily enough, that's what's going to work now. So it's strange how, how things come about, but it's like, um, you know, as we said, tr- trying to do the um, um, the, the way that Google is in te- was intending people to develop the website, to put good content on it, to, you know, reach, build relationships with people, to get them to link to them and, you know, doing it that way and kind of doing it the way that Google kind of wants it, wants you to do it. Um, I think that's what people have to get more switched on to. And that's kind of um, the, what people call, they call it the white hat way, but I don't really use that term. I just, I, I just kind of say it's the, it's the way that it's, um, you know, it's, it's a natural way of doing SEO and link building. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. It's something I've said, I've sort of said in recent years that I've gone really retro with what I'm doing. I, I sort of, used to teach a load of stuff then I moved on and I do different things now but I've come back to because my membership site is about helping uh, home-based coaches and consultants to have successful Mm. businesses as well as living more then the marketing piece has come back into you know what I'm teaching and actually I've done exactly what you've just said I've thought actually it needs to be what we did all along at the beginning Mm-hmm. And you know, not some of these, as you say, some of the sort of shortcuts that people have tried to sort of put in place in, in the meantime. So it does feel like all the sort of basic sort of teachings from, as you t- say, 10, 15 years ago, do seem even more relevant now than ever. So um, that's really good exactly. to hear. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's actually, sorry, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll kind of share a, a small story about the, the reason why, um, well, it was kind of like the reason I got into ACO in the first place, and it's kind of more testament to the fact that you can't use these shortcuts. So, back in around 2014, uh, myself and a partner tried to acquire uh, an established business, an ACO business that was um, actually the. It was like an online. Uh, it was a website uh, that was bringing in leads from the west coast of america so it was the la los angeles area it was established business it was bringing in the the leads and the income and you know thought we're going to acquire it Uh, and it was on one of these um it was through like an online business broker so it was all legit had been checked out verified by the the admins um and what happened was after we acquired it we then realised that it started plummeting down the rankings and essentially we were left with something that was worthless and we spent, you know, over, um, you know, $11,000 on this business. And it turned out he'd used um, these black hat methods to rank it 
and it was only becoming apparent then that it wasn't working. So he had it propped up there, and then when we bought it, it kind of tumbled down the rankings. Um, and then that's what. And then, uh, and then we, even worse, we realised that he'd been um, not through that business, but through another one, he'd actually been selling SEO to other people to other businesses and the same oh. thing happened to them but the oh. worst thing was obviously they were running businesses yes. so he really put the, a lot of people in a sticky situation so ever yes. since then now that that was kind of very early on in the SEO um, game for me but yes. that kind of made me more oh, first of all you know it, it was very painful to lose that money but you know it's at the end of the day you could I could still move on from it it wasn't a uh, um, I could still kind of get on with things but then it kind of made me curious about well, what exactly was he doing and why did it not work yes. and then that's when I got into the other, the the kind of the more natural way of doing SEO and then figuring out well actually had he just done it this way we wouldn't, he wouldn't have yeah. had those problems so it, it's a, it's just a, sorry, just a small story I wanted to share that I thought yeah. would uh, give you a bit of insight so that's another reason why I, I, I really feel passionate about doing SEO in, in this way yeah. because I, I've seen it play out myself so I, I know the, the, the pain that I, of other businesses have, I'm sure have gone through that and, yeah. you know, that process of doing SEO the wrong way yeah exactly no great story to share and a really good example of um of what what to uh, be aware of what to avoid um so what what about the sort of what we should be doing or what we shouldn't be doing then so um you know what when people are thinking about link building for their website and they're being sort of offered services by organizations what what should they be looking out for yeah, so um, I think even with ACO in general, I think there's still the um, you still have to do the foundation work. So I think before anyone starts link building, the first thing they have to think about is do they have the basics done? So do they have is the website um, is the structure of it quite good? Is there a good uh, does it can you navigate through the site easily? Does it load fast? Do you have do you know which keywords to target? And are they mentioned on the right pages? So I think all that foundational stuff still applies. And I think I always tell everybody that we work with, um, you know, always make sure you've got that, you know, sorted first. And uh, you know, and it's not, and that part of ACO isn't, you know, it's not rocket science. It's, but it's, it, it would surprise you how a lot of people miss that bit out. So yeah. that's the first thing I would say. But I think where it changes and where people go wrong is after they've done the basics. Um, is then trying to, um, that's when they start getting into the, the kind, of, kind of trying to trick the search engines kind of thing. Whereas we would say, look, at, at that point, that's when you would think about link building. And the best way to do link building, really, first of all, you have to make sure you've got the right content. And this kind of leads into something which is not even really about SEO, it's just about marketing in general, is knowing your audience because only when you know your audience can you make the right content. And, and you know that yourself. You know, it's, um, it, as soon as you've got the right content, that's what's going to draw people in. Um, so I think knowing your audience, making sure you've got, you know, the right content that, you know, it solves pain points, uh, you know, content which makes the life easier. Maybe it's talking about something that's trending in the, that industry whatever industry your business is in, you know, these kind of things, or, or talking about things 
that maybe others aren't talking about coming at them from a different angle. All these kind of things, that's the kind of thing you need to do, think about when you're doing content. So, um, and it can take any form, you know, it can be, it can be a podcast, it could be, a, you know, videos, it could be articles, you know, it, it's going to be dependent on the industry or the sector. At mm-hmm. that point, that's when you think about link building, because link building will then be about finding out what other websites are your audience on, like what, where, where else are they reading articles? Are they reading another publication? Are they, you know, is there some kind of, um, you know, maybe there's a forum where they, you know, that they are very active on. It's all these kind of things. And then it's trying to, you know, trying to find decision makers at these websites or publications or newspapers even, depending on what it is, and trying to figure out, look, um, you know, going to them with, um, you know, with your content piece or with your, with your site or whatever, you know, asset that you have and saying, you know, what do you think of this? Is there mm. something that can be done here? Is, is this useful to your audience? And as long as you've got your, you know, your audience, you know, you know, the, the what they call the avatar uh, and you've created content that really is useful to them, uh, useful mm-hmm. to them, then that's when you start to see a lot of success when you're building links, because if you've done that right, there shouldn't be a reason for them not to link to you. No. Although one of the things I get contacted regularly by people asking me about my podcast posts, so they're my show notes, and they say, oh, we noticed that you've recommended this on your um, this particular post. Can we interest you in sharing this on there as well? And I'll just write back and say, well, the podcast was my guest recommending resources. I can't just add extra resources into the page, sort exactly. of thing. Exactly, and, and, yeah. and that's when I think that's when um, that's obviously an example of somebody that isn't building links like properly. Basically, yeah. they're, they're doing outreach; they're doing, they're trying to build links. But what, they, as you said, they've not thought about the fact that hang on, that's for a podcast, and that's yeah. actually the case. So they should have thought of that. That should already be you know. It, perhaps it, the the approach would have been better if it was a blog post or yeah. you know something like that. But again, that's as you rightly said, that's somebody doing link building but not thinking about that. And that's probably sometimes this does happen. People taking uh, again an automated approach to link building yeah. and maybe you know kind of blasting a list of websites with a with an email and thinking right, let's just. Let's just see who responds. And again, yeah. it's it's kind of it's getting into that, you know, again, um, taking the creative part of link building out of it. And I think that's probably what somebody's done there. And, you know, again, it's not um, through sheer numbers. Some approach like that may work. But, you know, we don't use that approach. I mean, you know, we, I would always recommend somebody, you know, um, the more personalised you are in your email and the more you're, you know, talking to the other person as if they're a human being because we're all, <laughs> this is all about, it's all about communication. So yeah. um, I think when you take a more personalised approach, your success rate is much higher because you've taken the time out to, to look at what they're doing and, and you've thought, well, hang on, how, you know, how is this going to benefit them and their yeah. audience? And it's taken a, a, a different, uh, you know, a different approach to it yes yeah so do you actually work with your clients what sort of what's the sort of model in terms of you know 
what you agree to do for them, what your day-to-day sort of work looks like? Yeah, so um, any client we work with, we would always recommend before we work with them that they do the basic SEO stuff. So provided that's all done uh, and, you know, they've done all the basics and they've got, they know the keywords, you know, it's all on the the right pages and this kind of thing, we would then, with a lot of the clients we work with, they have the content or they need a bit of a hand in terms of, developing a content strategy yeah but generally a lot of them do have somebody in-house but you know um, we'll work with them and we'll guide them on you know first of all the content they're producing do they have the right type of content you know if they if they do then good we'll use that but we'll always recommend you know continue to produce content and we'll guide them on that the next stage will be is and we tend to do it on a monthly basis is We'll then reach out to them for a you know a, you know we'll reach out to a set number of people, say two hundred people a month, uh, from different you know uh, websites and um, and it's a very dynamic approach because we'll look at the content they're producing and then so we'll take the content piece and then we'll think right who's going to be interested in this content who can we contact and you know what kind of websites should we be reaching out to should be should we be reaching out to bloggers or is there some kind of other industry influencers that we could be reaching out to? Uh, and we do that with, you know, whatever piece of content we need to prioritise um, as long as we feel it's good enough to build links to. Uh, and again, that's coming back to it. As long as they've got the audience um, profile down, they know who, the, who their target audience is and they've got the content in place that's when link building um, it tends to work a lot better. So we all kind of take that approach. It's very, it's very personalised uh, according to what the content is. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, so it, and we'll do that. You know, It'll be the same thing. It'll basically be scaled up. So the more content they've got, we can always kind of extend our reach um, within reason as well. Yes, yeah. What does that mean for you in terms of what your days look like? So, um, I mean, I'm lucky in that, you know, over the past few years, I've built a team because, um, you know, one person doing this for one company, you know, is fine. But as soon as I got to the stage of even just at the two or three client mark, one person can't do it themselves. So I reached that point where I was like, I have to hire people. I have to have people um, help me. So I've got a small remote team, you know, um, some of them are overseas, um, there's a couple in the US, um, and they help me with client work. So uh, a lot of my work is kind of delegating to the team and kind of getting stuck in as well. So whatever, depending on on the task that's needed. So there's a lot of, um, we'll, be, we'll do a lot of email outreach. So, you know, I'll be overseeing the team, making sure we're, you know, we're talking to the right people, we're, we're you know, um, that we're getting replies, um, making sure we reply that we, you know, we do it in a timely manner. We reply back, we'll, you know, negotiate with people. If they say, oh, oh, we're not, we don't quite like that content piece, but, you know, have you got something else that talks about this? You know, so so it's all these um, different things that uh, I'm, 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 all, I'm basically at that stage where I'm delegating everything, but you're kind of there to support the team as well. Even though I'm, I'm the person that's leading them, uh, you kind of have to support the team at the same time as well. 
Yes, yeah. And have you got people that knew what they were doing when they joined or have you trained them to be able to deliver the service that, that you're wanting them to do? Most of these guys actually, um, they were not, a lot of them have worked in data entry or um, the two in the US were doing social media work. Um, so um, I put in, uh, and I've developed over the past few years, um, good kind of uh, training SOPs. Um, I think SOPs for, for any business like this is, is essential. I think, um, you know, at the start, you know, if you put the training SOPs in, you know, you have to kind of hold the hand about the start. But I found that, you know, the, the, the ability to, um, you know, to do the work was, uh, in a large part, it was due to the, the kind of processes of put in place and having those SOPs and having something for them to refer to. Um, but at the same time, I give them freedom to um, to kind of take, put their own personality into the outreach as well. And I think that really works. So at, we have a lot of structure in terms of SOPs, but there's, I've got, you know, a bit of, I've got a bit of freedom for them as well because, um, you know, it allows the personality to come through on the outreach, which I think really gets. Mm. And I guess the standard operating really good results. Oh, sorry, I think the sound went. Then I thought you'd finished. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and obviously the standard operating procedures or processes um, means that you know that you're sort of delivering a, a a certain level of service to your customer, and then on top of that, as you say, you have the sort of personalised extra approach from the exactly individual. exactly because yeah. I think the while it's kind of like a creative process. Um, I sometimes find if you give, uh, <laughs> with a lot of creatives, if you give too much freedom, it's like, it's kind of like, well, where are the results? So at the same time, I think having those tra- those SOPs in place helps give a bit of structure as well. Um, so, yeah, but it's, it's taken, it, it, don't get me wrong, it's taken you know, a few years to, you know, uh, teething problems and all the rest of it to get it to this stage, but it's uh, I think it's essential to have you know, these, these kind of processes in place. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so from a personal point of view, um, managing the team, what sort of uh, ways are you managing yourself? What sort of tools and apps are you using? How do you make sure you get done what you need to get done? Yeah, so we there's a few um, apps that we use quite a lot. So um, Google Sheets or Google Docs, is a, that's a big one for us. So we use that a lot. Uh, along with the Google Drive, uh, because we've got a lot of documents um, for each client's project. Um, so we'll need the Google Sheet to kind of keep track of what we're doing, who we're reaching out to, you know, uh, you know who, which ones look promising, you know, if we have to follow up with people, all these kind of things. So, so, so using Google Sheets comes in really useful for that, for being able to tra- keep track of all this. On top of that, I'll use something called Slack. Don't know if you hear, it's like a it's like a chat um, app, and you know, I think I think I mean, it's actually it's online. Um, it's a website, but you can also access it on your phone as well. They've got an app, yeah. and I use this for communicating with the remote team uh, and also communicating with the client as well. So I think that's really good, uh, and obviously with them being in. You know, everybody in different time zones. Sometimes um, having Slack is quite good as well because you can keep track of, you can have everything in different channels. And you know, um, um, the good thing about having a remote team is even if um, if it, if I'm asleep at the time, 
no, no doubt there'll be somebody else in the team that'll be awake and and they'll be on Slack. So it's quite good having that. Um, and probably last, I've got one that I started using for producing from my content, uh, and it's one I use on, uh, on my phone. It's Teleprompter Pro, uh, and I use it because I I put a lot of um, content on YouTube and stuff about link building and SEO. So I started using Teleprompter because, you know, I would find I was having to kind of um, sometimes memorizing notes isn't my strong point. So I started using this app and it's really good for, you know, if you, it's, called, it's basically like, as, it, as the, it describes a, a teleprompter. Um, so it, it's quite good because you can, if you say you're filming, um, you know, on your phone um, or on your tablet or something, you can bring this app up and it will, basically tell you know remind you of what to say so that comes in really useful as well and so so what that's an app on your um phone or your ipad and that or your your tablet and and that plays so you're you're filming yourself from another device and using that as your as your prompter like they do on telly you can do that but you can do it from the same um, device as well because it'll it'll kind of it'll put the it's hard to describe. It's almost like it puts the, the words on the side so you can still see yourself, but at the same time, you'll see the words uh, come up as well on top of it. So it is really good. It's, it's useful. And it's something that I found kind of um, um, for producing content comes in really useful. It's a time saver. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Excellent. And so you talked about um, having a uh, an office at home, but also an office, a co working space that you go to and also perhaps going to coffee shops do you have any sort of um shape rhyme or reason for, for working in whichever at different times or is it just what you fancy yeah i think it's kind of um it, it gives me something different to do and instead of being too kind of stuck in the house uh, that's another reason why uh, i like using the, the the co-working space but on top of that you get to see other people as well and you kind of network with people that run other businesses, uh, and I think it's good to um, to do that. I think the the coffee shops I don't I, t- I tend to use a bit less now um, because I've got this space. Um, but I think being able to network with other people is really good. Not even for, in terms of um, being able to, you know, in terms of getting clients, but I think just you know getting tips from people or just you know, kind of. Uh, seeing people day to day and this kind of thing I think it's quite useful so I, that's another reason why I've, I've always kept this yes yeah yeah so that sort of um, work-life integration especially as you've got people in different time zones and um, you can work from home how, how do you make sure that you're um, getting to live more as well as getting to do the business stuff yeah, so I think um, I think part of it was um, part of the reason why I br- brought in a team as well. Um, I think what, what it comes in useful for that for allowing me to kind of uh, to delegate more to the team and allow myself uh, to allow me to step back from the business as well because you do you do have to do that uh, and I think it's essential. Um, I think the two. Um, teammates that I have in, that are in the US, they are kind of like part-time project managers uh, and they've taken a big load off me in terms of being able to do that. Um, so 
by doing that, you know, uh, and I also like to have a routine. So I'll have set times where I'm like, right, that's it. I'll need to start working. You know, it'll be, you know, um, sometimes I'll start later in the day. But in that case, I'm not going to work any more than, say, six hours. Uh, and then I'll, I'll put a stop to it unless I'm, it's something I really want to do. Uh, or it's producing content or being on a podcast or this kind of thing. That kind of stuff I don't even really count as work because I like, you know, I like doing it, but I try not to be too embedded in the business and doing a lot of the work. Um, so I have a routine, you know, I'll make sure I go to sleep, you know, uh, you know at a reasonable time and I get up. Uh, I always, and that's a big one, I think, being able to, um, you know, get up consistently uh, and have a routine, no, uh, I think that helps as well. Yes, yeah. And uh, are you one of these um, miracle morning up at three o'clock in the morning people, or, or, or is it a late bird? <laughs> no, no. I, th- I think that was uh, Deepak that was on the show a while back. I'm, I'm not quite as uh, as bad as that, but uh, I think you know I tend to get up for uh, at the most like seven a.m. I think I eat for seven a.m. Uh, sometimes I'll get up a bit earlier than that. Uh, especially for when uh, I'll make sure I work out at least three times a week. That's something I've stuck to for the past few years. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I don't deviate from that at all. And I think that helps. Um, and the fact that you've been able to get a good night's sleep um, helps in other aspects as well, because you find that you start to, your diet is better because you're not as tired. And, yeah. um, and you get more, you get more out of your workout because you've slept more and you know and then as a result you sleep better and you know it's, it's all interlinked and it's something I realized a long time ago that I thought you know even while when I was a pharmacist I mean my diet was terrible and I, you know I didn't sleep <laughs> but even though I worked in healthcare uh, but then it is you, you realize over time you really do need to um, you know look after yourself and sleep I think sleep is a big one as well yeah uh, I think that's an essential one and people don't realize Maybe a lot of people don't realise that, but I certainly did myself. Yes, yeah. It's interesting. I talk quite a lot about um, the sort of um, morning and evening thing and listeners to the podcast will know that I'm a, a bit of a night owl and uh, I often stay up late working and I get up late quite often. And it's interesting doing this dog sitting that I, well, I also have builders to contend with. So I have to be up by 7.30 every morning to mm-hmm. uh, let the builders in and take the dog um, for a walk as well. And I've been here four days so far, uh, and it's interesting. I can't get myself to go to bed early enough to have enough sleep, Now you know, knowing that I've got to get up earlier than normal. And it's really interesting how your body just has its own... It adapts. Body, yeah. You know? yeah, and it, it will adapt, and I will have mm. to go to bed earlier. And But I've got to consciously try and make that happen because so far it hasn't so what I'm doing naturally obviously is having less sleep and I know that's not right um but it's funny isn't it how your brain knows it's not right but your body hasn't quite caught up yet exactly I I mean I I mean I'm the same there will be times where I'm you know I've maybe not got as much sleep as you know as I should do and it does happen so um I think um I think if it's over a sustained period of time I think that's when you get you get issues um, yeah. you've not had much sleep but I think now and again is fine and I think the body but as you said it's like the body adapts as well so um yeah yeah uh, and, I th- and yeah yeah so yeah I agree I, I try to I try to go to sleep as, as early as possible but sometimes it's not 
it's not not <laughs> possible is it no yeah so learning and improving especially in a sort of digital space you know that things change all the time how do you make sure that you stay on top of everything yeah so um you know i try and keep on top of um kind of the latest seo and search engine trends uh, and uh, i'm lucky in that um you know when i came into the seo industry i kind of i learned the ropes through other people you know and looking at other training programs and this kind of thing so i've got a lot of contacts in the ACO world and the marketing world so you know there's a few Facebook groups that I'm on uh, and you get to know you know somebody will post something and say there's been a Google update you know and then everybody will kind of um, you know be on top of it so just by doing that having that there um, that keeps me up to date on things uh, but in terms of like have, you know having books and, and this kind of thing it's it's something that I've tried to I used to do it a lot more but I've tried to refrain from trying to just keep up to date on things that are not um, as long as I don't overdo it if you know what I mean so uh, I'll keep up to date on the latest SEO trends and, I, and I'll from time to time I'll read up about general marketing stuff but I try to minimize how much I do it because then I'll find I'm not as productive if I'm <laughs> reading up too much on different things. Uh, so that's but that's just something that I've found myself. Um, ha- having said that, though, I do listen to um, the Gary V's podcast. I listen to uh, and because um, I because I really like his stuff um, and and obviously this podcast as well. This is a really good one. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so I think. Um, uh, having the having the contacts in the industry is really good, and now and again, just keeping um, keeping on top. You know, just looking at other things outside of ACO general marketing is something I look at as well. Yeah, yeah. And so, last couple of questions. Firstly, what about on those days when it doesn't work so well, when it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, something that that's something that does. Uh, it, over the years, you know, you, you get situations like that, and we have had, I've had instances. I won't lie, of you know, previous years of you know, a, a disagreement with the client, or we've got a clash of opinions, or something like this. Um, but I try not to, you know, kind of sweat the small stuff. So one thing that I found helped was we actually we we were very careful in terms of vetting clients. And making sure we manage expectations and you know and when we did that we found that the and even though things don't always go right in ACO and link building as long as your intention is right and you're following your process and you're doing things right there isn't really much that can go wrong so in a way I know maybe that's it I'm cheating around the question but but um you know by doing that by vetting the clients making sure we kind of you know we're both on the same page, they're focusing on the process and we're focusing on the end user and the audience. That, I think mean, that's a key thing as well. By doing that, um, we've been able to keep a lot of our clients and some of these clients I've got now, I've had for over two years. Um, and, you know, while our agency isn't as big as others out there, you know, um, we're doing well, but we're not huge. We're not, you know, um, you know, the making 10 million dollars a year or something like some big agencies and mm-hmm. um, we don't churn through clients so the clients we have we've kept for a while and i think by doing that i think it shows 
Um, like I, I don't, there's a lot of small things that can go wrong, but I tend not to worry about it because we think about the bigger picture as well. Yeah, yeah. So sort of doing the things you can do to minimise the potential issues and then letting the rest go, I suppose. Exactly. It's, it's unfortunate you're always going to, and especially when you're doing link building, you might have outreach that will go to somebody and they'll be like, oh no, this is rubbish. No, why did you email me? Things like that, which would annoy a lot of people, but and they would probably think that's a really bad thing. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be somebody that gets annoyed by something you do. So mm-hmm. um, things like that is like uh, what I would class as small stuff. And as long as you've not really offended somebody, you know, it, it's just somebody's, you know, saying something like that. I think we don't, we don't sweat over it. We'll just say, look, what do we learn from this? You know, how do we minimise that? And then, you know, as long as we've done that, when we've done our job and we'll, yeah. um, we'll move through it. Yes, yeah. And so lastly, what about those days when you get to live more? So that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and, and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? Yeah, so um, I mean, the past, like probably say a couple of years, especially has been a bit of a, a whirlwind. So a lot of it is, I've had those days and a lot of it, it is related to work, but it's because I really enjoy getting results for clients and seeing um, things play out for them so you know things like we had one client um, and I was really like really psyched after this because I thought this is amazing I mean for, for some agencies it might not be a big deal but for me I thought it was really big and it was a big thing for the client so um, we helped a client get and we weren't really intending to do I mean this isn't really a, a core part of the link building process but it's something that happened as a result of a link building. So we got them a speaking engagement uh, on a Forbes uh, summit um, that was happening in California. So that happened in November. And wow. that, to be honest, was just as the result uh, or as a result of an outreach email. All we did was send an email to, um, to the right person. Uh, and then after that, obviously, there was a call. So actually, I was on the call, but the, you know, somebody from the client side was there kind of um, leading it but um, so something like that and that was huge and you know that went ahead in November and um, and it's probably um, and also uh, another thing that happened recently there's actually a TV channel on I don't know if you've heard of something called Roku it's it's kind of like um, it's a bit like you know these um, things like Amazon Firestick and um, right. these, so it's one called Roku um, R-O-K-U um, and there's a bunch of TV channels on it, the usual things. Um, but somebody just launched a, a TV channel. Um, it's like a marketing um, channel. I pitched it, an idea to the guys running that. So, you know, I've got some content that's being published there. So it's all these um, kind of small wins that are, you know, that that's kind of um, making me... Or even things like, I mean, that's just a couple of examples then just day-to-day, like, working with clients. Um, you know, I've worked with clients that are in what people would say are obscure industries and are like, oh, I don't know how that would work, how you would get results, but we managed to get them mentioned in, you know, in the right magazine or in, in a newspaper even as a result of our outreach. You know, not really intending to, but because we've gone at it with the right approach, we've got that yeah. result. So it's all these kind of intangible things that... Um, that I didn't even really need to get, but I got them anyway. 
I think that yeah. <laughs> I think it's the it's having those kind of wins that makes me think. Oh, I'm really. Uh, it's really. Um, I'm, I'm making an impact. Yeah. I, I think is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's all these kind of things, and also not. And it, and for me, it's big because. You know, even back when I was, you know, I was a pharmacist and I was doing the day job thing and I, I'd always be kind of thinking about doing SEO or marketing or doing something else that I really enjoyed. But it was all about, you know, worrying about oh, what does this person think or what are they going to say or, oh, I can't do this because, you know, and I kind of would go through kind of thinking about what other people expected or what they were looking for. It's kind of looking for approval for things all the time. But yeah. it's kind of part of it is, you know, living more is not being restricted by that mindset and just trying different things. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah I, th- I think a lot of it is, is that as well. Um, so that was a bit of a wishy-washy answer, but I think... <laughs> no, I think, as you say, it's that those sort of moments where you you realise that you've, you've had, you know, extra impact, you know, not just what you've sort of set out to do, but you've, you've sort of um, exceeded expectations. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, that, and that you've got that sort of opportunity and flexibility to, flexibility to do that. So I, I don't suppose as a pharmacist, there's lots of opportunities to exceed your customer's expectations. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. You're, you're restricted. Like, as a lot of day jobs, you know, you're yeah. kind of restricted to... Um, yeah your own role and then that's it but um yeah, but yeah it's good for, being able to do it for my local pharmacy it would exceed my expectations if they didn't actually shut for lunch but there you go <laughs> <laughs> i was turned up at the wrong time i was literally every time i go I, even though i know that they're not open between one and two i always seem to turn up during that time that's strange because when i was in pharmacy it was like we were so busy that um, we didn't even get a chance to have lunch sometimes so it's a, <laughs> that's a big change that would be a luxury for me well thank you Amit it's been great interviewing you tell people how they can find out more about you and get in contact yeah so um, you can visit my website on abbottdigitalmarketing.com um, there'll probably be a link on the page um, I've got loads of content on there about SEO and link building it's all free so anyone wants to learn about it they can go on there send an email to me but you know there's loads of content on there about SEO and my approach and how I think it should be done so it'd be useful stuff there if you want to check it out brilliant thank you thanks for joining me no problem no problem thanks for having me all this information is available in the show notes if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash in this case 154 then you'll find them there now this week I just want to remind you about the importance of self-care It's the theme in the membership site this month. So I'm thinking about it as part of that. But also I'm just thinking it's just so important at the moment in the current situation to think about ourselves and being kind to ourselves. There's so much going on. There's so many challenges mentally and physically. The idea of not leaving the house or only leaving the house for one bit of exercise a day and all that sort of thing all takes its toll on us and you know we're thinking about starting homeschooling again next week and all those other challenges that are happening at the moment i was reading a, a post on facebook today where somebody was saying that you know there's people out there saying um you know what new skill have you learnt in this period of time or you know have you learnt a new language or whatever because we've got all this extra time supposedly and other people had responded and said you know 
I don't really have lots of time. I'm spending lots of time cooking and trying to homeschool my children and, uh, you know, trying to just get my head round what's happening and coping with the situation. And, you know, adding that pressure of having to, you know, learn something new or, or do something super impressive during this time, uh, you know, is a step too far. And I think it's just really important for us to take the time to look after ourselves as well as everyone else and just do what is right at the time to get us through the situation. We're all in different places in terms of, you know, some people's businesses aren't operating at all now. Some people are working extra hard to ensure that they come out of this in a stronger position and other people, not a lot has changed in terms of how their business is going. And so they're busy as well as trying to deal with all the extra challenges at home as well. So just take some time to think about how you can be kind to yourself. And, you know, if it all gets a bit too much, then just go and read a book or have a bath or, uh, you know, go and sit in another room, just be quiet, have some meditation time or, or whatever it might be, whatever works for you in terms of giving yourself a bit of time away from a situation. So yeah, that's just the message for this week is all about self-care. I'm also reflecting that it's interesting having done a podcast interview today where we did focus quite a lot on the current situation. It won't be published until the end of May and we've just heard today that we've got another three weeks of, of lockdown and we don't know what will happen after that. So I'm sort of thinking these podcasts are a bit out of sync now because the podcasts that I'm publishing at the moment were recorded before the situation happened and at some stage I guess we'll come out of it and I'll still be publishing uh, interviews with people that were done whilst we were in it so please do bear with me uh, maybe we'll be able to look back at it as being a, a bit of a sort of social sign of the times uh, and reframe the out-of-date podcast at that moment but we'll see as I say the one I did today is going out at the end of May I suspect not a lot will have changed at that stage but we'll see so the message for this week is about self-care and the show notes again for the show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 154 and we look forward to speaking to you next week use your power to live more 